Konnichiwa, Kambawa, Ohaya Gazaimas, wherever you're at at some point in time. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whichever one. It's your host, Anime Nerd. And in just a few moments, I will be dropping, you know, my anime review of Promise Neverland 104, uh, My Hero Academia, Chapter 199 and fairy tale 100 year quest so be on the lookout for that and other news as far as long going on with this channel so see you guys in a bit bye hey guys your host anime nerd and the first manga that i'm gonna do the review on today will be on promise neverland chapter 104 abandoning so if you guys remember chapter 103, just one more move, you guys remember how it last ended with one of the characters running in telling everybody to run now because the, en- the enemies um, is here and then there's, there's a big explosion and then the guy with the glasses showed up um, entering into the shelter that Emma and her crew is at. So pretty much uh, this chapter abandoned and last left off with that. So pretty much the guy with the glasses, the protagonist, or is it antagonist? I don't know. I probably said it wrong. But anyway, the enemy is here and is attacking the base pretty much. And Emma and the crew is already in hiding, hiding from the enemy who is there for the most part. And as this chapter goes on, you see Emma and them being perfectly quiet as the guy with the glasses, the bad guy, is scrimmaging and running through everything and trying to hunt them down. Emma and everybody was there, was taking account of everybody, 61 total, and Lucas and Roxy are the one who heard. Lucas is the older guy with the cane, and Rosie is one of the younger kids' siblings. Um, first off, before I get in too far into it, I just want to say Emma is, Emma and her crew are geniuses. Now, it's amazing how smart they are and how well prepared they are, even for the worst case scenario, you know. One, they're in the room where all the weapons are at in the manga. If you read the manga, you see that they're in the room. So, if anything, if they got to, they'll go toe-to-toe, ready to peel off them choppers on the bad guys or however you want to say and two that they already have a plan for a situation like that that they practice the fact that they got almost everybody into that one area where they need to go before that enemy got a chance to locate everybody is pretty impressive in general from my point of view so anyway coming on to that so they all took account of how many guys there are um there's eight total and they all was trying to figure out how they pretty much got was able to make it to as far as they got to them without them noticing because emma and the crew have camera and ray said they probably was weaving along the camera blind spots so they won't be seen so pretty much somehow the guy with the glasses got information about each and every single shelter that they've been exploring so pretty much that they kind of already knew what's up from the jump for the most part anyway so the guy in the camera well the guy with the glasses already know what's the full ordeal of what's going on and pretty much so ray kind of guessing that you know he already knew about the system and everything 
Um, so since there's eight invaders, every single room has, you know, a secret entrance and whatnot. So the, the guy who's invading is can't really find anybody and they're searching, wondering where they are. At, and they already got like one of the exits blocked off because the guy asked him, hey, the guy with the glasses asked one of his teammates, hey, did you any sign of them? And the guy responded back negative. And the guy said, well, clearly they're still there because some of the teapot that he saw is still hot. So that means that Ollie was here. So Emma told him, look, guys, we got to run away pretty much because the shelters have been, you know, pretty much infiltrated and it's no good. And a lot of kids are heartbroken, which is understandable because they've been living there for about a year or two. And just to see that their shelter has been, you know, taken in by that, you know, by the enemy and the, the way of living is now about to change because now they have to escape and find a new way to live. Pretty much living outside in the world of demons. It's kind of scary, but, you know, with Emma and everybody else, I'm pretty sure the chances of living will still be great, but it, it does suck that they will have to leave what they know for the most part because of what happened. Um, and the guy who was really with no name stated that it's not worth our lives, you know, staying here and taking a chance, even though the only reason why they would probably want to come back is because they had called on to the outside world and they've been waiting for a call that hasn't happened in a long time anyway. So, you know, pretty much long story short, they're about to get ready to leave. And the cool thing about it is they all was wondering how they was going to escape. I mean, everybody grabbed a weapon, but they all was trying to figure out how would they escape. And each each and every room has a escape route in them. Um, so there's three main ways to escape, two of them being an emergency escape room. And each of and in the shelter, there are seven in total ways to leave. So the seven are through the back of the armory, which most of them are at right now, which they are gearing up for guns. Two is the north corridor, three the monitor room, four the archive, five the bathroom, six the south corridor, you know, seven. It's run hidden with the room with the telephone. So they all start to begin to escape and make their way out of the shelter that has been infiltrated by the enemy. So while they're doing that, Lucas and Rosie realized that one of the guys noticed, noticed that the video monitor that they was looking at, what that the enemy was looking at, has been, you know, is a fake video. So... He decided, the, the guy decided to try to disassemble it to get the live feed. Lucas realizing that, that if they get the live feed that everybody will be in trouble, decided to go ahead and take out the enemy. So Lucas went ahead, took out the enemy, but at the same time, that's when the guy with the glasses realized the plan and he told everybody to guard the entrance, blocking off and sealing off everybody. Lucas told Rosie to run and hurry up and tell everybody and let Emma and the group know that they know where they're at because it's going to be dangerous. And pretty much what's going to happen is Emma and the group might run into the guy with the glasses, wherefore the group is in trouble. And that's pretty much how it ends for chapter 104 of Abandoning. Now, this chapter is really good. I really did enjoy it. 
it's a lot of twists and turns and now I'm really excited for 105 because I want to know how they're going to escape and how everything's going to happen for the for, for the for the most part I believe you know everything's going to pretty much you know have go well for Emma but I do not see him escaping without taking at least a couple of casualty or maybe even one or two casualty maybe even I'm predicting you know Lucas you know sacrificing himself for everybody else to live on because he is the oldest one or one of the oldest one um but we'll see from there because it will be pretty interesting on how it will work so anyway yeah Tune in for the next podcast, which is what I will be doing on My Hero Academia. That's coming up next. Hey guys, to continue on with my next manga, uh, My Hero Academia, Chapter 199, Operation New Improved Moves. Um, Pretty much if you remember last time, in chapter 198, Fumi Cage, Fumi Cage, I can never say his name right, say he got a new move. So pretty much this last left off to where it goes. So I'm going to read the synopsis, and I'm going to tell you guys, of course, like I did last time, what my thoughts was and everything far as, you know, how I enjoyed this chapter, what I like, and I guess I could say dislike, but really pretty much far as when it comes to My Hero Academia, I just go ahead and go with it. Um, so, anyway, going on. So, it says, Fuma Cage recount his working, uh, workplace training and internship with Hop, which I didn't realize that he was working with Hop. Maybe I missed it, and maybe it said it back then, but that's who Fuma, I think it was pretty impressive that Fuma Cage actually, Fuma Cage, yeah, actually got a chance to work with Hop, which I can kind of see why, because Hawk is technically a bird type, and Fuma Cage is actually a bird type and stuff like that. But anyway, we'll, I'll probably explain a little bit more on that. Anyway, so it said he's described how Hawk essentially resolved everything by himself. A statement confirmed by one of Hawk's psychic who tells Fuma Cage that their role is essential to perform the cleanup work after a rescue. Being relegated to role um, cause Fuma Cage start downing his ability as a hero, which is kind of obvious it's like you know if all you can do is just clean up and you're fine with that then you start to question yourself on why you're even a hero anyway so i understand what he was thinking with that Ask hawks home Fuma cage asks him why he invited him hawks initially jokes that it was because they're both birds but then explained that it was only 20 percent of the reason and 50 percent because he wanted to talk to someone from class 1a about the league event, Hawk tells Fum Cage, Fum Cage that he figured he would pick someone from 1A that who could be able to keep up with him. So he picked Fum Cage from the top three. Fum Cage said that while he feel Hawks is in the USJ instance, frustration boiled up inside him, and he left the workplace training without having learning anything. Which I can understand that that the reason why he was even chosen was just so Hawk can talk to him about, you know, about what happened with the League of Villains, which that is frustrating from a hero point. You're trying to be a hero. You're trying to hone your skill. And the only reason why you got picked was because 
uh, 20% of that your vote birds and 50 is because he just wanted to talk to somebody from the League of Villains. While the other percent, the other 30 was because, and also that he wanted to see, pick someone who is faster than him. So that's pretty impressive, I have to say, far as that. But moving along, uh, Fulman K. then recounts his internship with Hawk, who, who had invited him. Again, Hawk noticed an improvement of Fulman K. As do his psychic. During one evening after work, Hawk takes Fulman Cage on a flight and tells him that the remaining 30% of why he invited him was because he thought about Fulman Cage was wasting a lot of his potential. So, blame my last on the last one that I said. Oh, sorry about saying blame my last. Forget what I said. That was just military time. So, forget what I said about 30% is because he wanted to have someone to keep up with him. Clearly, the other 30% was that he realized that Fuma Cage was wasting his potential on and could be so much more. He tells him that he should be able to move around freely as a bird with wings and that he does not need to be confined to the ground, which when you think about it, he do look like a raven or a crow or some type of character. So it kind of surprised me that he don't even know how to fly. Because if you look at Night Shadow, Night Shadow is also a bird, and which is kind of crazy, which kind of makes sense now that he said that he shouldn't be confined to the ground. So anyway, it's flashback to the joint training battle. Shinhai mocks Toyokimi, ultimate move name, and continues to invade Class 1A by moving within Shadow. And Toyokimi prepared his move and remain in the members of Class 1A stay. The remaining members of Class 1A stay put to avoid Shinhai. Shinhei, and Shinhei sneaks up behind Yuga and grabs him and pulls him away. Shinhei tells him that his quirk is much more versatile than Fumikei's in the concrete jungle. The match is taking place. Because Fumikei's dark shadow is a physical anchor to him, however, Fumikei's apparently behind, appears behind Shinhei using his new super move, Dark Shadow Black Fallen Angel, which is, I have to admit, it's really cool. It's like pretty much Dark Angel with wings and or oh, Dark Shadow with wings and it's it's pretty impressive I have to say. I think as a move, hopefully in the new game that they're coming out that is in there but if not, you know maybe in later updates of the game if the game sell well, which I predict it will be probably like the new Naruto but I will talk about that in the next podcast. Anyway so moving on along hey, with this move, Fumikage is able to fly behind, you know fly behind um, dark shadow with dark shadow, and and they cover him as a cloak to provide better darkness. Fumikage grabs Yuga away from Shinhei, and Momo tells Yuga to use his naval buffet uh, buff move that blasts the air with laser beam, disrupting the unaffected. Um, well, excuse me, sorry guys. Uh, naval buffet move that blasts the air with laser beam, disrupting the position of shadow with Fumikage's cloak covering it. Dark Shadow is unaffected by the bright laser beam, with Shinhei unable to hide in any shadow. Momo instructs Toru to grab him. As she does this, a mushroom appear on Momo's nose. Shinhei smiles at this remark that Isuka is always one step ahead. Watching the training area light up with the implication of Shinhei plan a fail, Kinoko reads plan B which is to cover class 1A in Mushroom. Hmm. And that's how it pretty much left off. So right off the bat, what uh, I took from this chapter was pretty much um, 
you got to see where Philip Cage, it's more a little character development of him. You got to see where he trained in the workplace and that he also trained with Hawk. So Hawk wasn't just a thrown in character. I like how they tie the heroes and the class 1A together. Um, this is another match from class 1B. And then that Philip Cage, is, and you can see him progressively getting better where this he created a new super move called black fallen angels to allow him to fly using dark shadow which is pretty cool eventually i see him using you know dark fallen angel as a regular skill set as they get older but for right now um this is you know this is just what he could do right muster up for right now but do expect more from him in the future and it's great to see that in the chapters, what I really like about one My Hero Academia is that they focus on, even though it's about Deku, it's still focused on the supporting cast around him. So everybody have their favorite character. Everybody character had at least a chance to shine. It may not be on this arc. It may be another arc. It just showed that everybody's growing, that you just won't see some random people getting power-ups. Um, so like pretty much, I feel like they take the concept of Naruto almost kind of sort of in a way where they have different members from Naruto but kind of focus it more on watching everybody grow whereas Naruto take it to you and that's the people get stronger I mean they got stronger still but they also be like where in the world they came from and how they get this power but anyway we're gonna move on right on to the next one which will be my hero um, not my hero but fairy tale 100 year quest so stay tuned take a little break grab some water I'll be right back. Okay, guys, so let's go ahead and finish up my last manga review, which is Fairy Tale 100 Year Quest, Chapter 8. Now, I know I haven't started back with the uh, chapter 1 through 7. I just finally decided to go ahead and pick up Fairy Tale because I enjoy Fairy Tale. I'm pretty sure Eric, there's a lot of other people out there that do. And I know some people are not fans of it. And then there's some who like it and some who are totally against it. And I'm the fan that is totally for it. So I want to go ahead and talk about it. Because I feel like this this fairy tale right here is really, really good. Fairy tale is known for its story. Well, not known, known for its story. But it's really good. It has a really good storyline with really good concepts. And so it's just kind of ruined by the power of friendship which i must admit they're overdoing it too much sometimes with the power of friendship uh so far there's no sign of power of friendship in this manga but this is fairy tale so just be on the lookout for that but anyway so pretty much just to catch you guys up to speed not soon then except a year a hundred year quest to the one that guild art did so pretty much the quest is to slay these four or five dragons that is either of or greater than to the power of Agnolia. Now, if you guys know Agnolia is the main protagonist, one of the main protagonists um, of Fairy Tale, and Agnolia was no joke. He can turn into a human and he turned into a dragon, pretty much. So think about that by having five dragons there with the same or if not greater than Agnolokia power. And let me just say this, the Dragon Slayers had a trouble even beating Agnolokia. Now think about a dragon with either equal or the same amount or greater than power in Agnolokia. 
do you really think that they're gonna do that but anyway moving along so the chapter opened up with you know Natsu, Lucy, Gray, Urza, uh, Happy, Carla, and uh, ooh, what is Lin- Win- Wendy <laughs> and Wendy all looking at this water dragon god. Um, he appeared right in front of them. So right off the bat, just in case you guys didn't know, their first task is to find the water dragon god, which they did find, and so far. Pretty much, we don't know whether the water dragon god is good or bad until this chapter. So anyway, we're going to keep on moving on continue. I'm just trying to fill you guys in as I go. So, in the chapter, they're all appearing with him. Um, there's another guild called... Um, I forgot what they are called. But it's a guild that consider themselves Dragon Slayer Generation 4 or 5. And pretty much, they get their power by eating the dragons so that's pretty interesting so Natsu is automatically generation one because he's obviously trained with the dragon even though I can say he's more like he I feel like Natsu mixed in with almost everything but anyway that's I'm gonna definitely have a different uh, topic about that but anyway we're gonna move on along so yeah there's another guild that's trying to kill the water dragon god and eat him for himself so they can get his power as well pretty much and before they was able to do it, they were sent back from one of their members who have the ability to pretty much transport them anyway. It's kind of like they disintegrated into like sand or particles. In the manga, it's kind of hard to tell, but it look, I'm going to just say they disintegrated them into particles right before them. Anyway, so that, that group is non-existent for the most part. And then pretty much left back is Natsu and the crew. And the water guy look at them and ask them, are you a dragon slayer? Well, looks at Natsu and asks him, have you come to slay me? And surprisingly, usually I thought Natsu was going to say yes. Instead, he said, nope, not exactly. Because Natsu wants to find out if the, you know, the, the evil dragon is either good or bad for the most part. He said, we've taken the job that requires us to seal the five dragons. So it's five dragon guys. And you look like one of them, uh, but I don't know what you're going to do if you turn out to be a good guy. I mean, they left a lot of detail out, which is true. That Their quest that they're supposed to take is, whatchamacallit, it's kind of vague. All they say is that they need to find and seal these five dragons before destroying the world and whatnot. And it seemed like the water dragon god already knew what it Natsu and them was talking about because he was like, huh, that fool Asura um, hasn't given up. And he said that he's been trying to assassinate him for the past hundred years. Um, so Natsu, of course, asks, are you a good guy or a bad guy? Which, in typical Natsu fashion, I'm not surprised that he would ask something like that because it's Natsu and Natsu kind of do what Natsu want to do, pretty much for the most part of it but yeah so pretty much right off the back so far my opinion of this water dragon god is before I move on continuation of the story is that he seemed like a, a reasonable guy I don't get this like like a, a pompous asshole attitude from him right off the back cause you know how some dragons are like if we got if you truly gotta compare him 
you would have to compare him to like you know how if we could compare him to Agnologia. Agnologia was <laughs> was something else for the most part, and Agnologia wasn't you know necessarily nice. I wasn't even trying to be nice. He was just trying to destroy the world and get rid of the dragon slayers. For what reason? I never truly understand why he wanted to do that. But he just did, so I don't really even try to question it with Agnologia anyway. So, but moving on, lying ahead with the next chapter. Well, not chapter, but along with the story. Um, so he asked him that, and the water dragon god say, well, not anymore, I can't say. He don't harbor any hatred toward the human like he once did, but... Um, time had gone on and he don't really harbor it as much but in the past he definitely killed his fair share of human and then so Gray and all of them was like oh that's great we don't have to seal him but the water dragon said no you should seal me I must be sealed which everybody to their dismay was all surprised so cause you know he's actually telling them that he must be sealed or whatnot. And pretty much it goes into why he must be sealed into it. So he goes to invite him into his so-called water castle that he is and everything. And as soon as they enter in, a lady comes up. Her name is Camille and was asking them, uh, why have you brought these people like this is your sacred and this is your sacred place? Um, and she, and of course, the water dragon introduced him to her, and everything. Everybody said it hi and things, yada yada yada. Nothing really important there. So right off the bat, you kind of know that this water dragon have a human side as the chapter progressed on to it. But he also said that in the past that he killed the humans by flooding this area and the town that they found him in, that the humans turned into fish. Uh, like in the middle of the night and then the fish go back to human that it was because of him that he's losing his power and that's why the reason why he must be stopped for the most part of it so if that's explain why he needs to be stopped which I, I think it's kind of crazy that you losing kind of control of your powers but that's kind of understandable you maybe be too strong too strong for your own good and that's why you want to try to put an end to your own life whatnot which is reasonable so that's pretty much it for that part but near the end it flashed back to this guild the one that eats dragon and the care the two character that was with the water god earlier was like what's the big idea sacron sacron the guy that transported him the water dragon was right in front of us and he was like the situation has changed can you feel it or not? The water dragon god's power. He must not be eaten. Um, and then at the end it said, Did you think you could deceive me? The dragon eaters. You false water god. So, pretty much, the water god that we thought was the water god is not the water god dragon. So, pretty much, I don't know who this guy is. Maybe he could be like the split version of the water god. You know how like how Naruto, they had like the split nine tells the good and the bad, the yin and the yang. That's what I'm predicting on this one. Although, you know, as the story progressed, the story is getting pretty interesting now that how we end. 
I really want to know who is this guy and why and why must he be still if he's not the real water guy water dragon or is he just like the water dragon but in human form kind of like how Agnologia had a human form as well but anyway before I go I do have to give you guys the word of the day the word of the day is well Japanese word of the day that is the word of the day is Aka meaning red so now you start to know a little bit more I'm trying to get you guys up there with me so anyway Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast as much as I enjoy making it. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you dislike. Tell me what I can improve on. Because as a, as a podcaster, I want to be able to improve my work so that way you guys can see growth. So if you guys give me good feedback, bad feedback, I don't even care. Look, feedback is feedback. I just want to be able to be able to produce good quality work so you guys can be able to enjoy and tell me. And, you know, be able to tell your friends that, hey, you guys need to check him out. He's pretty good. But anyway, until then, I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Bye.